Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the HP Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Here with me, the beautiful boy, Ben. Hello. Ben, you're rocking the all-black look today. The man in black, just as Johnny Cash once said. These pants are gray. Well, you know, it's still, it's the whole dark aesthetic. I just, I don't really have a style. I just wear varying colors uh, or varying degrees of blackness. Varying degrees of blackness. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a look. I don't it's think. Still... Yeah, I don't think black has varying degrees. It's just black or not. But you know, it is what it is. I think most of my my shirts are are black, and it's not even that I'm necessarily trying. It just what happens, I guess. Yes, so I agree. As I mentioned, this is the HP podcast. We're so excited and happy that you're here with listening to us. It means a lot, and so. Uh, if you don't already, make sure to subscribe uh, over on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast to make sure you get every episode. And yeah, that's that's it. that's it for the plugs right now. I always never know how much to plug at the beginning. But Ben, other than wearing black, how are you today? I'm doing real good. I had uh, a very productive day. I've had a very productive week since we got back from PAX and recorded the last episode and everything. And just um, I got to say. We opened up a lot of new opportunities and made good connections at PAX. I'm very excited about the way that those are coming to fruition and some of the things that we have on the horizon are just really exciting. I'm, I'm excited. Our, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but the team knocked it out of the park at PAX. And so all of that content is now, I believe, is out the door at this point. Pretty much, yeah. Well, there's one more piece that comes out tomorrow. Well, on the day of this show releasing... Yeah, uh, that was embargoed till tomorrow. But other than that, yeah, that's it. That happened to me last week, where I was about to talk about a game. Yeah, that it was embargoed. It was bloodstained. Uh huh. So my uh, my preview of that is out now. But I wanted to mention it last week as something I enjoyed checking out at PAX. But you know, I've had kind of a weird day today. Like, do you ever just wake up and a weird part of your body hurts? Like, specifically, my neck is killing me today. I am over 30, so that's every day. So it's just going to get worse for me from it here on out. It only gets worse from this point on. I'm, I'm still a young man. I'm st- I'm 31. I'm a young man, and I am falling apart. Dang. You know, I, I don't know if I slept weird, but it's like if I look up, it's just like shooting pain. Like, right at, like, the base, you know. It's just, it's like, why? Why? Have you, have you checked your body for, like, implants that an alien race may have injected you with mm, no i i should probably do that though that would probably be a waste of time i don't think that's a possibility but that that's fair yeah i had a kind of a weird thing earlier today i don't i don't know if you ever experienced this i'm sure everyone experiences this but i like i started to work on some different stuff for handsome phantom some of it went well and some of it i like felt like i was getting nowhere with and i was like okay i'm gonna put this down Started to play Sekiro. I was like, I'm not feeling this either. Yeah. Went downstairs. I, I tried to play something else. And I'm like, I'm not feeling this. I'm like, nothing I'm doing feels satisfying. Uh-huh. So now I'm just sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're here. We just recorded an awesome episode with our friend Jason from Household Games. That's coming out on Friday. So that felt satisfying to finally do something that was actually worthwhile today yes <laughs> and so now we're doing this which is always worthwhile but do you ever feel like that just like i do constantly I don't, I don't get it it's like when i'm at work all i want to do is to get home to either play games or work on handsome phantom stuff and then when i get home it's like doesn't feel right sometimes i have a problem 
in that no matter what day it is, there's always something I can work on. Mm. So part of my problem is finding finding the energy, first of all, to do those things. But second of all, my bigger problem is honestly just shutting my brain off mm. and like playing some Apex or something like that. Because if I wanted to, I could literally work 24-7 and still have things to do. Yeah. And that's like mind-numbingly aggravating because I want to just be able to turn my brain off and I can't. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that when I'm doing those things, it's always the most productive or the best work or anything like that. But like my, I just have a, I have a problem. That's yeah. All. Yeah. I just have a problem. Ben. Yeah. What are you dreaming of this week? So we went right from PAX in PAX hype into the post-PAX uh, letdown of not being at the show anymore. Yeah. And now I'm ramping up, getting pumped, excited. I, you could even say exhilarated. Exhilarated, wow. By the thought, the mere thought of E3. It's, it's coming sooner than you think. I realized today, I think it's like almost exactly two months away. Okay. That we will be uh, in Los Angeles for E3. And... I am beyond beside myself. Uh, you and I and our buddy Phil, who is not in the third chair tonight because he's a bum. I, okay, he had <laughs> he had to work late, so it's it's fine. Um, are going to be there, uh, probably meeting up with uh, Sean, who's done a video for us. Is going to be doing some more for us as well. Uh, who lives near LA, and I'll tell you what, I'm just excited that we're going to be able to uh, to work on some stuff together and. Do amazing content, but really, what I'm, what I'm, my dream is, my dream is that we're together, and we're gonna celebrate tons of cool announcements together. Yeah, it's exciting. E3 is like right around the time of the anniversary yes. of our website, That's true. so it's like a a exciting thing all around. And I'll lead that into my dream. We are trying right now. We're in the midst of trying to figure out our yearly get together uh-huh. for handsome fan we get as much staff together here at headquarters yeah. in Butler PA. Uh-huh. So we're we're loosely working out when that's going to be hopefully in June. Uh-huh. I'm just excited because last year was such a special time in that it was the first time we met Dave and Duncan and had everybody, not everybody but new people together and so this year it sounds like we're going to have Dave and Duncan hopefully we're going to have Boo come down um, and I don't, I don't know who else. Hopefully, Kevin, I think, is going to try to make it up. We're looking at June right now. Just It's just a cool, exciting thing. You know, I have a, I have a confession. Okay. And, and this is going to sound... Uh, it's actually a fear of mine. So this is a dream that I'm hoping... It's a nightmare possibility. I, we all know how cool Dave is. Right. Dave, like, does great work on the website. Dave is just a genuinely cool person to be around. I'm worried that one day Dave is going to realize just exactly how attractive he is. Wow. And it's just going to change our world. A very it's attractive all, man. It's all going to go to his head. He's going to, he's just going to totally lose himself in his personality. And Dave, that's my nightmare is that Dave is going to be a different person once he realizes how attractive he is. Dave has, I don't know if it's the, the, the Canadian in him. Mm-hmm. It's the Canadian charm. Yes. To him. A little soft spoken at first. But when he opens up his mouth, only beautiful things come out. Only beautiful things come out of <laughs> Dave's mouth. That is accurate. Dave, don't get a big head about this, okay? You know, Handsome Phantom is the right place for Dave. That's right. So, Ben, I have two very serious questions. It depends on whether we want to keep the 
the wholesome nature of this show going or just take it all the way to the bottom? You mean the wholesome nature of this episode? Because so I do far, not yes, think this show is... Of this, of this episode. Okay, here's what I'll say. I think you should determine what you ask based on how many responses would be better. If it would be better for next week when Phil's here or Brandon's here sometime to ask one of these non-wholesome questions, mm. you should do that. If if right now is fine, do it now. Mm. The questions will be there. The, the future weeks will be there, the episodes. Okay. Well, we're going we're gonna to take this low then. Okay. And it's going to be only for people that are a fan of a certain thing, but it was something I was thinking today. Okay. Lord of the Rings. Yes. I I don't know how to ask this question, but does Gimli want to fuck Gladriel when they're when they're leaving that area because she he seems like he's into her. I guess I would counter that by saying who isn't into Gladriel. That's the other way I was going to frame the question is that it seems like everyone's in love with her. I don't know if and it's been so long since I've read the account that I can't remember the account like it's a true story. Mm. The story um, it's probably been five, at least five years since I've read that portion. But I don't remember if she is actually magnificent in her appearance. Right. Or if it's her elvish charm that make everyone fall in love with her, essentially. And and Tolkien doesn't really go into depth about the feelings they have towards her. But he does describe the way that she appears. That's the thing. I'm listening to audiobook right now, and it seems a little, a little something. Yeah. And the odd part is, is she's, she's a grandma. Yeah. Oh, dude, she's like thousands of years old. She's thousands of years old. And I don't think it matters. I mean, age doesn't matter. No. With love. I actually learned that. Let let me take that back before the internet attacks me. Age sometimes matters (laughs) with love. But when it comes to old ladies, if you love her, whatever. She is actually, um, so there's Aragorn and, uh. His his lover, uh-huh. uh, Eowyn. Yeah, Eowyn. That's uh, Gladriel was her grandma. Yeah, I did not know that. But yeah, it's a little messed up when you really think when you stop and think about it. Yeah, and it's um, Agent Smith, <laughs> whatever oh, his no. name, Agent Smith's mother-in-law. Yes, what's uh, Elrond? Elrond, Lord Elrond, Lord Elrond. Please respect him. Ben, was that too far for my? I mean, I think maybe the way you phrased it. Mm. could have been done differently okay but i don't think it was too far because we're all thinking it i mean yeah why did you okay answer me this why specifically did you ask about gimli because gimli okay he is like (laughs) if you read the book he's like she she's asking if there's any way that she can assist them or or give them something. He's like, just to be in your presence is enough for to view the fair the fair maiden that is that is Gladriel is enough for me. And she's like, no, seriously, let me give you something. He's <laughs> like, okay, pull out some of your fucking hairs and give that to me. Yeah, like what is? And then he says how he's gonna put them in a glass case or something, and it's gonna be like the the most prized possession of it of his house. Those people, yeah. I'm like, what are you gonna? What is he gonna do with them for real? Is he gonna eat them? Like, uh, I'm, I may be way off base here, but I believe in the appendices. Which now we're getting into real nerdy stuff. Whoa! In the appendices, there is something that talks about elven hair. Oh, and I mean, obviously, obviously, elves have all sorts of magical properties. But I, I'm wondering. If, uh, I can't remember specifically, so probably somebody's gonna school me. But I believe there is something to do with. 
elven hair. That Interesting. It's a, it's a sign of prestige. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Let's get into the news. Not a lot of news, but some interesting news nonetheless. First of all, we knew about Labo. Yes. Uh, and Labo, the VR kit, is coming out very soon. But Nintendo kind of dropped a... I don't know if this is a bomb. I don't know what it is. But both Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild will be getting VR support yes. through Labo. Now, Mario Odyssey specifically is going to be certain levels certain or sections, a yeah. very specific thing, but... From my understanding, Breath of the Wild is going to be fully playable in VR, which I have so many questions. I don't really know how I feel about um, third-person games in VR. Okay. I don't 100% know all the details of what these games are going to be like, but is Breath of the Wild going to be third-person VR? Well, yeah. I have to assume it will be something like, uh, I don't want to say like Astrobot, but that's what I think of when a third-person yeah, I guess so, but I don't know. To me, the the idea of having a fixed camera angle behind the character, mm-hmm. which you don't have that in Astrobot, but yeah. having a fixed camera angle behind the character is disjoining to VR. So here's here's my thing: is have you seen the picture where they showed like Mar like it shows Mario holding the Labo VR to his head, yeah, and it has the Joy Cons attached to it, yeah. And that's how you're supposed to play these. No. Yes. There is no strap attachment for Labo VR. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. I'm not playing 100 hours of Zelda in with my hands up by my face. That's the way that they're like, yep. I think that Nintendo officially commented and said, yep, that's how you're supposed to play it. Literally with holding it up to your face. So the only thing that rings to me instantly is like, this is a gimmick to get people like you and I yep. who aren't interested in this to check it out. It's totally a gimmick, and I think Labo in general is a gimmick. Now, just because something is a gimmick doesn't mean it isn't good. So if you love Labo, don't hate on me. Yeah. But it's. I feel like Labo is antithetical to the way that Nintendo has operated in its offerings in the past. Sure. And it kind of bothers me that they're, that they're doing it because I also don't know that it's an excellent um, representation of VR. And everything Nintendo has ever done is excellent. Well, except for the Wii U. But that's a different story. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, how how they actually see this progressing. Certainly, Nintendo's not going to move to a VR platform in the future. Mm. Um, I mean, everybody talks about Labo and it being cardboard and, like, haha, we can joke about how terrible Nintendo is with putting out shill products. But when it comes to a product that is, like, less mainstream and also VR, which is, it, it just feels like pandering a little bit. Also, I want to point out, it bothers me in a weird way, in a kind of a cool way too, how kind of chill Nintendo has been about these Labo announcements. Mm-hmm. About I'm sorry, about specifically about these VR announcements. Yeah. Because both of them, both of the big like the, the Zelda and Mario thing and also just the fact that they're gonna have VR in general, just kind of like was like a tweet. Yeah. Like, hey, this is happening. Here it is. And that's Nintendo is not really known for being under the radar. Like, they blow everything they do out of the water. Right. It just kind of bothers me. Here's the thing that I find so funny about this announcement of this, you know, Zelda and Mario is Nintendo 
first tried their hand in, we'll say, a VR-like experience with the Virtual Boy. Right. One of the main problems is there was no good way to play it. Right. They, it had the stand, which maybe you're supposed to sit on a table. There's images of, like, people laying laying down and having it sit against their face. Yeah. This is going to have the exact same type of aspect where it's like, well, here's an experience, but there's no good way to actually play it. I'm going to... I'm gonna bet. Let's have a bet here, Dustin. If okay. you want to take me on this bet, I'll take you on the bet. I'm gonna. Wow. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that, but yeah. I'm in now. <laughs> I'm gonna bet that within a matter of weeks of this releasing, we see some third party come out um, with some sort of strap that mm. allows you oh, to attach yeah. the the labo or the VR kit to your head. I think it's in production right now. Yeah, the straps. By they, who? They're coming. I don't know. Okay. One of the third party, yeah. whatever. PDP or somebody. Yeah, something like that. You'll see some kind of thing. I'm just so curious also, like, is it going to run at 60 frames per second? I don't know. Is it going to be 30 and, like, be really poorly <laughs> done? <laughs> I'm just... Vomit. I kind of think of it as almost like playing Zelda through one of those old uh, viewfinder type things. It's like playing Zelda through the little thing at the eye doctor that they look and see if you can see in three dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll follow this one a little longer. I'm I'm not personally gonna spend thirty even if it's not that much at thirty dollars for this, but it's still it's thirty dollars just for this little little gimmick. These game modes are free, right? They're no no cost. Yeah, they're free. But the actual hardware itself. Yeah, the, yeah. the well, hardware. hardware. <laughs> yeah, the, the cardware. The cardware. Oh. oh, you just invented something new. Okay, so some sad news, but not too sad, from Team Meat, and that is Super Meat Boy Forever has been delayed. And I wanted to talk, touch on this specifically because I found that the way that they announced this delay was was kind of interesting. Uh, they put out a tweet with, which had an image with a little letter in it that said, We're missing our April launch. We've been knocking out the last bits of Super Meat Boy Forever at record speeds while keeping a healthy and sustainable pace. We're going to keep that pace, which means we will not hit our April 2019 release. Sorry about that. We could have sacrificed our minds, bodies, and social lives to make the April 29 to make April 2019, but that's stupid. Team Meat isn't some studio owned by an evil asshat corporation that has say over what we do and how we do it. We are fortunate enough to have control over how we work, and we choose not to run ourselves into the grounds. Game delays blow. We know. But we're, we're close, and it shouldn't be too long of a delay. The next trailer we drop will have a concrete release date, but until then, we are officially launching, quote, after but not too far after April 2019. This past weekend, we were telling the attendees at PAX East, and everyone we told was really cool about it. So we're going to assume that they speak for everyone on the internet and say thank you for all the understanding and being cool with this delay. Love, Team Meat. So I had a pretty long discussion with Tommy from Team Meat, and he told me this then. I didn't realize it wasn't common knowledge. Yeah. Um, But he basically said the same thing he said there. uh, In addition to that, he was like, look, this game is just like, it's playable now. People can play it now, but... It will not if we put it out in April, it will not be the best version of this game that we could put out. So we're not gonna do it. I said, Yeah, that's please don't. Yeah. As a matter of fact, please take your time, get the game right, and sell me the final product. Uh that's that's what you want. So mm-hmm. I really respect the decision. And I love the way they put it out there because like 
it almost says, I mean, I'm sure there are people hating on them, but it's almost like, hey, if you hate on us, you're a jerk because look at the reasons. Yeah. I, it's interesting because I'm like, I know they didn't mean it as a dig. Yeah. At people that do work in AAA. No, they did. That's their personalities. <sighs> okay. Maybe they did. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt, I, I thought it was cute and cool, but also kind of like, did you have to say it quite like that? I don't, I don't think they meant it as a dig at the people who work for these companies. They meant it as a, as a dig at the quote, evil corporations yeah. that are in charge of these people who, and say, you must get this game done by this point. Or there will be consequences. And they're mm. saying, we work for ourselves. The game will get done when it's done. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Now, if they had come out and multiple times, like even when we had the interview with them back, right, like around the time we started the show, we asked them and they said, well, we don't know exactly what day, but sometime in April. And we even joked with them about like, oh, it better be done by PAX, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But even then they were saying like, yeah, it'll be done if it's done and if we can make it work with our schedules. Um, yeah. But I, I just love the fact that they were like, we could have sacrificed these things that are important to us, but we chose not to. Because like I said earlier, that's something I don't have the capacity to do usually. And even though it sometimes is helpful and sometimes not, it's really cool to see somebody who's stands to profit a considerable amount of money Yeah. saying, yeah, we're just we're just not going to do that. And here's the thing too is that they they mentioned that they're not that they're keeping their you know they're they're not sacrificing their minds bodies and social lives yeah. in order to do this. I'm sure that they are putting an absolute shit ton of hours in still. Oh, guaranteed. Uh more than any normal job to to get this ready. Yeah. So um hats off to them. Yeah. I think for for making that decision. Um and I hope that the fans are understanding. I know we are. Definitely. I mean, here's my thing. Social meat or social meat boy. Social media. <laughs> Super Meat Boy is the the original game is such a memorable experience for me. And every time I played it thereafter was a memorable memorable experience. And it is such an amazing uh example of the medium that I don't want that to be compromised. So if it means one the game isn't as good as it could be, or two, the developers are burnt out and therefore it takes them longer to create another work that I also love. I don't want that. I want it to be right and I want them to be happy. So I didn't put this in the notes, but I think it's appropriate that we talk about it right now. Jason Schreier put out a very length, lengthy um, report. Yeah. Uh, was it last week at this point? I think so. Late last week. Yeah. About Anthem, yeah. And did you did you get a chance to check it I out? I read excerpts from it. I did not read the full thing. I probably should have, but I didn't. I got the gist. I don't know really what to say about it, other than so. If you didn't know already, basically it, it said it was talking about how Bioware um, Anthem was in pre-production longer than it was in actual production, and a lot of the ways things went down were pretty unsavory i guess Uh um they uh they didn't really know what the game was going to be and then it uh bioware has this thing where they say that it's like oh the 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 executives just talk about the bioware magic how things really come together in the last little bit right but uh to some of the people that jason had talked to off the record they talked about how 
stressful of an environment it was, how people would find an empty office just so they could go and cry because of how stressed out they were about this. Right. So not only that on the personal aspect, but some of the weird things that like people on the development team would talk about like, hey, we might want to reconsider this because of how it's worked out for destiny or uh the division right other games as a service like this and heads of the studio there were like uh well we're not making destiny right and so a lot of the things were made in a vacuum not looking at outside how other outside games had even done in for this situation so i don't know i I don't even know like i my initial reaction like so what do you think about this but it's like it's not you know, yeah. If I think anything other than the obvious, it's just that's not a good discussion. <laughs> the, the which I don't. I think it's terrible. The really interesting thing is that like less than an hour after Jason posted, yeah, EA slash Bioware was ready to go with a response that was super douchey. That was basically like dismissive, saying how. Well, some people would rather want to write articles that, you know, tear down the industry more than build it up. And you have to imagine there was something floating around about like Jason Schreier's digging around about information about this. Yeah, because I think I mean, I don't know. I can't speak firsthand, but Jason is pretty much like if you want to talk to me, come to me and I will never reveal that you talk to me if you don't want me to. Yeah, I don't know that he necessarily goes out and is like, hey, anybody want to chat and dig up some dirt? Yeah, but still you can pretty much imagine that either they knew it was going to come eventually or they had a feeling that or they had some kind of insider tip that he was writing something about them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I highly recommend everyone go read that article. There was just a new article today that was kind of follow up talking about dragon age and how that game is still extremely early in production. The version that they were working on was canceled Yeah, and there, it, it seems like, they wanted initially before Anthem came out that this was internally, there were people calling it um, Anthem with dragons, yeah, which is not good. And I'm sure that they're reevaluating yeah. everything right now, so. <laughs> but EA's initiative to make everything as a games of ser- games as a service, just odd how it's so incompatible with how Bioware makes games. It yet, is. You know, that's what's happening anyway. Dustin, how much of Anthem did you play? None. I played the well. I mean, I played the open beta, the demo, the demo. Yes, and I did not like what I played yeah. at all. I only played it for maybe an hour and a half, and it just wasn't for me. But I mean, I know a lot of people who are really enjoying it, so yeah. it's good. But yeah, Ben, I saw this is the last news thing for this episode, but this was particularly interesting. This is over on the Oculus subreddit. This uh-huh. was with one of the top posts today. And take this with a grain of salt. It is a rumor, just someone posting, but this person said, they're here. And the post says, got a friend that works at Best Buy. They started getting shipments of Quest and the Rift S. Yes, saw them with my own eyes in person. They have loads in stock, so get ready, ladies and gents. F8 release is a definite. Would have snapped a pic, but he's super paranoid. They'll take info like this leaking. They take info like this leaking seriously plus they're still in plain cardboard boxes also he said that it will actually be the 30th that they're available they will be placing them on shelves overnight the 29th 
And so people did some investigating. This is not a throwaway account. This is like a normal guy's uh-huh. Reddit account. So it seems like the the quest and the Rift S might be pretty dang soon. Well, I played a I played a quest and the Rift S was playable at PAX East. Yeah. They seem pretty ready to go to me. I mean, that doesn't necessarily equate to release, but I feel like they need to announce that it's coming at the end of this month really soon. Didn't they do something similar with the Go? The Oculus Go, like it was like it's coming, and then all of a sudden it was there. Yeah, I don't recall. I'm I'm not sure. I could be off on that. I wasn't following it as closely, but I'm excited. I definitely think I'm going to pick up an Oculus Quest. Probably not day one. Yeah, I will see what the vibe is overall and see if it's a good product. But right. I'm really excited about it. So. It's interesting to me, too, that it's like, we haven't announced this, but we're going to send out all the units yeah. and expect it not to leak. I just don't understand how they, like, the. I mean, I'm imagining the stores don't have the SKUs programmed in or anything like that. You would imagine that upper management at, like, corporate probably knew, but did the store managers know? Because normally that's something you need to do before you send out. I don't know. It just seems like there would have had to be too many people who knew about it before it landed in the store. Yeah. Now, the only thing I can think of is this may not be an actual release. It may be they're sending out these units for people to demo at in-store stations or something. Mm. Uh, but even that, I kind of doubt. Dustin, I've asked you this a thousand times. Yeah. If it's coming out on the 30th, are you buying it day one? No, that's what I was just saying. Oh, okay. I'm not buying it day one because I I would love for Oculus to send us a review unit, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So I just... I'm not sure about spending $400 on a brand new product like that day one. Right. So I will wait and see what the reviews say. Right. And then from look at it from there. But I, I would like to get it early for yeah. sure. I think it's definitely a product that I'm very interested in. Not the Rift S though. I mean, I already have a, yeah. a regular Rift. So. And I'll tell you, the, the Oculus Quest, Yeah, I had to play a really garbage game on it. Mm. Um, and let me take that back. It was not a garbage game. I played a game of tennis. What was it? What's that game called? I don't know. Okay, it was generic a tennis, tennis game. game. Generic tennis game, and the game was fine. It just wasn't what I wanted to play. But I played with the the quest, and it was one of the most freeing experiences I've ever had in VR in my life. Yeah, I mean, it was just I could move anywhere and everywhere without touching anything, and it was no wire pulling you down. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it was perfect. Ben. That's it for the news, but I wanted to – I have two different segments here. I'm going to go with just the one, and I want to do a review spotlight because you just reviewed a game. Our review came out today on handsofandom.com for Falcon Age. Okay. Tell me about Falcon Age. So Falcon Age is not what it appears to be, and it is – it's a game where you are – it's a first-person narrative adventure, but it's not just narrative. There are – there is exploration and uh, combat, if you want there to be, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, the name of the game comes from the fact that you are a Falcon trainer, mm-hmm. and this Falcon, you're in captivity. The robots have taken you captive to do work for them. Not again. Not again. And Dang robots. The, the Falcon comes to your window in your in your cell and befriends you, and you begin to train her. And um, you can use the Falcon. So you eventually... Spoiler alert, this is in the first, like, 20 minutes of the game. You escape your captors. I think it's actually in the description on, like, the website or PSN or something. Uh, You escape. Oh, yeah, and it's for PlayStation and PSVR only at this point. 
So you escape your cell, uh, and you go out, and eventually you find your aunt. And I won't spoil how that happens and stuff like that, but you find your aunt, and she used to be a falconer and trains you or starts to teach you how to train your bird and feed her and stuff like that and encourages you to go out and do some work. Uh, So the, the game has deep themes of industrialization and colonialization and basically there are these robots and um they're kind of uh multiple forms of robots i won't get into too deep but that have set up oil refineries and mines and stuff like that that they are basically destroying the world that your people uh, used to inhabit or still inhabit but used to be able to utilize yeah and so the real thing comes in i mean you you are not just like training a falcon. You're training a falcon to help you in this combat. And it's there. there is a mode where you can play to just experience the world and the story while not actually performing any combat. Uh, I did not try that out extensively, though I did try it out yeah. for a short period of time. But basically, you this falcon like grows up. You can train it to do different things. You can point at things for it to attack. Um, you can tell it to go and retrieve items for you uh you can dress it up in multiple different ways i did that at pax and it was so cute oh, i wanted it? to die yeah oh, it wasn't in vr it. though okay which i wanted to ask you about yeah i'll get to that in a minute um you can dress it up you can upgrade it uh you can give it different armor that helps it do different things and and buffs and or i'm sorry um uh what's the word i'm looking for here uh, stats you can give it higher stats okay. based on different things although some things are just purely cosmetic there's a doggo mask mm. uh, or helmet that you can put on it which is great and basically through the game i mean you've got a baton and you're beating down bad guys bad robots and you've also got the the falcon that can attack things and complete objectives for you and unlock areas and stuff like that so it's just a really it's a really meaningful game like it has a lot of deep seated uh, or deep uh lore in it but it's also got uh just a lot of cuteness yeah um, i mean anytime you have a, a falcon that can wear a hat it's gonna be a little cute. top hat yeah now ben this game is primarily a playstation vr game but there is also a non-vr mode as we mentioned well let me let me correct you. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do an actually, actually the way they've marketed this game so far, and I think uh it's probably a good thing, is this is a game for PlayStation 4 that has optional VR support. Really? That's the way they're marketing it. Now, huh. my first introduction to the game and all the experiences I've had up until I actually played it for review were I thought it was a VR only title yeah and that it maybe had some other things so you can play it in multiple different ways you can play it in vr with the move controllers you can play it in vr with the dualshock 4 okay you can play it out of vr with the dualshock 4 you can play it with combat you can play it without combat so like there's a lot of different there's things to suit everyone's play style sure essentially so that's really interesting to me because my demo the impression I got was this this feels like a VR game that be. yeah that I here's the thing take everything I say with a grain of salt because I haven't reviewed it like you have my gut reaction was this is a subpar version of this game uh-huh. and they're releasing it so that it has a wider audience that 
you know, if they don't have VR, they can still pick up the game, which is great. But it didn't seem like the right way to play, if you ask me. Yeah. I Based on my demo. Yeah, I think it's perfect for VR. I'm just going by the way that they market it in the materials and even on the website, I think they have it phrased that way as it's it's made for and they use the word optional. It's made for PlayStation 4 with optional VR support. Okay. And I think that it may have been a marketing uh, thing that they were realizing that more people weren't realizing that it was for the masses, not just for VR players sure. as well. I would say I agree with you that the game should be played in VR if you have the opportunity. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't play it if you don't have VR. That's kind of what what's interesting is right before I played Falcon Age, I played Trover Saves the Universe. Yeah. And I also played it non-VR, and I was like, this this is cool and funny, but this is not the way this game is clearly meant to be played. Yeah. And I just, I get it from a financial standpoint. Release this game in a way that as many people as possible can play it. But I was like, this is this is subpar, I think, to, to what the VR experience will be. So I had a private demo at PAX East. Sure. And it was a little bit longer than the demo on the floor, I think. And I also have read some things from the developer. Yeah. Uh, Ika is is uh, their name. And what I would say is that the fact that there are so many ways to play the game is their attempt. And, and yeah, there is an optimal experience, at least from my perspective. But trying, and this is right in the zeitgeist right now, trying to make it accessible for everyone. Yeah. First of all, there are only like, what, a little over two, between two and three million people who have PlayStation VR in general. So not only are you opening yourself up to a bigger market by putting it on on PlayStation 4, just a, just a uh, general mode, not VR, non-VR mode, but you're also allowing people who cannot experience the game in VR, uh, whether it's from uh, some sort of disability or a preference or something, uh, to be able to experience the game. Let me, let me be clear. Yeah. I have no problem with it there being a non-vr option so Mm. as many people can play it i i support that right it's odd to me though that they would market it as like vr it's a ps4 game and it has a vr mode and not like the other way around right yeah this is a vr game and we've included a non-vr option i'm i I understand that the one sounds better for the mass market but it i don't yeah Here's, here's the way they phrase it on their website, falconage.com. Falcon Age is a first-person, single-player action adventure as Ara learned to hunt, gather, and fight to reclaim her cultural legacy in the lost art of falcon hunting against a force of automated colonizers. Falcon Age is coming to PS, PS4 with optional PSVR support. Interesting. Yeah. So, Ben, you reviewed the game. What score? I'm curious about your score and just overall, do you recommend... Or do you not? I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay. I think it is a solid game that may not be for everybody. Sure. Um, I feel like there are times where... Okay, first of all, all the good things. It's incredibly cute. It's incredibly uh, deep. There's a lot of moving themes throughout it. Um, the the storyline in general is just good. The idea of using the Falcon to accomplish goals while also having hand-to-hand combat is superb like that's that's not really a concept i've uh, not just with birds but in general uh that's not really a concept i've had um much experience with the closest thing i can uh, compare it to is 
God of War for PS4 that just came out last year. Yeah. Where you can like tell Kratos to attack, or I'm sorry, tell um, uh, Boy. Whatever. Boy. Boy. Uh, dude, Atreus. It's my- Atreus. Atreus. <laughs> where you can tell Atreus to attack certain things. But even then, it's not a direct comparison. Um, much different comparison, as a matter of fact. Um, so I think that just like all the things about the game are great. There are some, and even though we we said that like PSVR is the optimal way to play it, in my opinion, I mm-hmm. think there are more technical issues in VR than there are in on the regular PS4 version. Interesting. Um, you could say that maybe some of that was from light infiltration, but it was totally dark, and I had all the lights turned off in the room I was playing, and I used my set up the exact same way I've used it for every other VR game that I haven't had any problems with. So I don't know that that was the case, but um, it just doesn't seem quite as refined right. in VR as it does in, PS, in PS4. Um, there are some occasional glitches with, like, your Falcon won't come to you or doesn't go exactly where you pointed or takes too long. To, like, there are some time trial kind of things. Not time trial, but, like, for instance, there's one training mission where it's like, do this in a matter of this amount of time. And... I would have had it done in that amount of time if the bird would have cooperated with me. Dang. I had to yeah. go back and do it again uh, for a second time because the bird just, like, flew around for a while even after I told it to do things. So, like, there's some technical issues with it. There are some things that I did not love. Um, but overall, it's, like, a, probably depending on the way you're playing between five and seven-hour experience. Um, and, like I said, it's it's a great game. It's only 20 bucks. Um, 20 bucks it's 20 bucks it's all it's very cute it's very uh, deep and it's uh i just think it's a it's a cool game nice cool okay let's go ahead and move on in one tweet ben we got a doozy for in one tweet oh no this week i asked this question And I did not expect this many responses, so we're going to go through all of them. I said, in one tweet, tell us who's your number one video game crush. And I specifically apologized. I said, I'm sorry for this question. Yeah, I saw that. I cringed. Here we go. Because I am sorry. It's it's a question that probably shouldn't be asked. How dare you? Philip Nyman, whoever that is. I don't know. I haven't seen him on the show in a while. So, Phil, who is he? He says, so many games to choose from. I'm going against the norm. I fell in love with Edith Finch while she explored that old house. Interesting take. Mm -hmm. Interesting one there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin SW says, that's a hard one. Ezio Aditore. I I can't remember. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm sorry. Ezio Aditore. Yep. That's it. Although I I was rather wooed by Jal. In Mass Effect Andromeda as well. Ezio is Bay for sure. Ezio, yeah, Ezio is is Bay. Boo Stewart says Elena from Uncharted. She's got a smart alecky tood. It's alecky. What is that? What does alecky mean? Smart alecky. Smart alecky. Okay, I'm an idiot. Smart alecky tood isn't afraid to speak her mind and destroys at Crash Bandicoot. Elena does have a certain vibe. Yeah. That I'm very much into. Yeah. So. I, I agree. Kevin Lucas says it's clearly Morrigan from Dragon Age. And uh, Cameron also put in a, a gif of uh, a Bob Ross looking man giving a, a kiss. Mwah. So 
I've never, I, I don't know who this person is. There's a little gif here, Ben. What do you think? Pass. Pass. Whoa. Okay. Cameron also wrote in on his own and said, Naoto Shiragane, who, man, Naoto from Persona 4, mm-hmm. she really is Bay. She's not my waifu of right. choice for Persona 4, but probably my second choice. Yeah. And if if Holly had to say, Holly loves Naoto. Really? So, Naoto, great, great choice. Dave Landon says, Yennefer from The Witcher. Yeah, just yeah. I can get behind that. Phil says that's an excellent choice. Matt Riggs says, The Doom Marine. I hear he's real good with that boomstick of his. Damn, Matt. Matt. Real good. This is a family show. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show. That's Did, right. Does Does Gimli want to fuck Gladriel? <laughs> family right. appropriate. Uh, Depends and, on your family. <laughs> Blair Farrell replied to Matt and said, Doomslayer, son. So it seems we've got some votes for Doomslayer. Uh, Yoda Bauer says, uh, er, well, Robert Lutes. So Robert Lutes, I mean, there's also, is it Lucille Lutes as well from Bioshock Infinite? Um, the, the, the same person. Yes. Oh, no spoilers. No spoilers okay. on the we'll 10 year old game. Uh, Kill Pixel Game says, Doom guy, another vote for another Doom, Doom guy. guy. He might be um, the handsome fan. If we had a magazine, sexiest man alive. Are we sure? Doom guy. I, I don't. I don't know much about Doom guy. I mean, other than playing so against Doom ben guy, it's the personality. I Slaying guess, the demons. I guess. But you don't even get much of a chance to see Doom guy. You don't need to. That's no. why I said the personality, dude. That's true. I guess crush doesn't mean looks. Fandom God one hundred and nine says handsome Jack. From Borderlands 2. Because mm, mm-hmm. he's handsome. He is handsome. Now, this one, I I cannot give a, a bigger ringing endorsement to. Suddenly, Stacy just put a gif of the one, the only, Garrus from Mass Effect. That's a great one. And that's the pro- Mass Effect, very progressive in the mm-hmm. way that you could uh, do male or female romance options, uh-huh. to, regardless of which gender you choose to play as. Right. As a male, you could not romance Garrus. Right. And I think that was a fucking crime. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, this person who their Twitter name is at notlock117 puts a gif of uh, Maya as the siren from Borderlands. Another yeah. the siren. So yeah. that's pretty cool. At Behemoth says uh has a gif of siri from the witcher siri siri is bay mm-hmm. so I, I can't disagree with that one never at never gloom has also a gif and i believe this is a world of warcraft character i'm not nerdy enough to know who this person is let me see uh this looks like an an elf an elf lady she's doing some cool moves i don't uh, recognize that character either anyway Rusty Burn, and that was no day. Of course, I am nerdy enough to probably we t- we're talking about <laughs> yeah. who Elrond's gram or mother in law was. Yes. So, Rusty Burns fifty four says Milan from Ocarina of Time easily, and uh, Petrit Hawk one one two says seconded seconded her part in Majora's Mask was my favorite weird side quest from any game ever. Now. This is a little odd to me because this is a video game crush, and this is clearly a very young girl. Sure. 
But uh, I'll let it be. I, I'll I let it guess. be. Jennifer Nicole says Nathan Drake, Uncharted Three. Now I looked at I, I was looking at these people's profiles just because I was curious. This Jennifer Nicole is a vocalist of a band called Eye on Attraction, hmm. who has a pretty 37k followers. So see, I'm gonna have to check out this Eye on Attraction band. So thank you, Jennifer, for writing in. And I I agree, Nathan Drake, a charmer. Oh yeah, ten out of ten on his worst day. Yeah. Michael Betts says, Alex Vance. I have no clue who Alex who Vance is. Alex Vance? I'll look it up while we're talking. You'll look it up. And finally, I have to just shout it out because I say that you'll be a part of the show. But uh, this is PSXP Podcast. Put a gif of this woman saying something. Ben, do you? I, did you I could not understand what they were saying. I don't know what they're saying either. Thank you for writing in. Oh, this is Alex Vance. Alex Al- Vance from Halo 2. No, that's that's Half Life. <laughs> Please leave the podcast. I'm sorry, I just read it wrong. I knew that I knew what I was saying when I said it. I don't know why I said that. Uh, yes, Alex Vance from Half Life Two. I n- did not recognize the Vance part. Never finished Half Life Two, so maybe I should. Are you serious? I should never. I should leave the podcast too. Did you ever do any of the the other episodes that came out? No, no, no. no. Are you kidding me? Never finished it. Okay, we both committed heinous crimes during this episode. HP podcast is over. We're done. Hey, here's something I'm realizing that's kind of unsettling to me. Sure. We, I mean, we usually get some engagement on our tweets, right? Some. Yeah. Why, why did we get more engagement on this tweet about ridiculous video game crushes than we have ever gotten before? We are doing the wrong content, Dustin. Listen, Ben, people are more willing than you think to go horny on Maine. And these <laughs> folks, they were ready to go. They were, the, like, lined up with the answer typed in before we even tweeted the question. So, Ben, I have to ask you, who's your video game crush? First of all... I'm don't, gonna, no, don't you fucking, oh, parameters. Just give me an answer. You didn't... I. You said, first of all, I'm just saying, I, I'm, I'm not disregarding what you're saying. Just no parameters. Would you like me to continue this? Yes. First of all, I'm not sure if this counts. Because okay. every other answer. I was worried that you were kind of down on the question earlier. So well, I was worried you were going to say, well, every, I don't know. Everyone is down on this question. It's like McDonald's. You hate it until it's your turn. Mm, All right. That's very true. Yeah. It, am I wrong to say Cortana? No, no. Because, like, that's such a pat answer. And it's also not a human. But it's Cortana. None of them are human, Ben. Well, it's not even pretending to be human. Yeah. <laughs> or light. Or light. Yeah. I'm going to say Cortana then. That, that's what I said. I'm worried it wasn't going to be acceptable, but it's my answer. Ben, I'm going to go horny on Maine on also, this podcast. Also, first crush, you know. First crush. Uh, first video game crush ever. I'm going to go horny on Maine on this podcast here. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is my favorite video game crush, but it's definitely my first. You never forget your first. Yeah. I have to say Miranda from Mass Effect 2. Oh, yeah. And all I'm going to say is I was a young teenage boy. Please and don't. Please stop. I felt things. Please stop. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Full stop, Dustin. I the t- show I, is canceled. Ben, I said Again. I was going to go horny on Maine. I heard you. I did. I'm worried about it. That's all I'm going to say. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> this this is just going to be a, a... People know who Phil is, right? I'm just very worried because I know Phil's going to listen to this episode on his drive to or from work soon. And I'm very worried about what Phil's answer is going to be when he inevitably shouts it into our Slack. He did. He said his answer. Oh, he I missed said, it. He uh, said... Uh, 
Edith Finch. Oh, okay. So that is not what I expected. No. Yeah. I wonder what Brandon's answer is. That was the is. first one you answered. Yeah. Brandon's answer is almost undeniably a character from Overwatch. I just can't figure out which one. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a bunch of writing questions. I'm thinking we'll save those for next week because this podcast has actually already gone longer than I expected. Okay. Ben, I had a new short segment and I was thinking about it. It's pretty much just this week's very serious question in a different way. Okay. Off topic discussion. I don't know if this segment will ever come back, but it's too important for me to let it go. Okay. Now, are there rules for this segment? Do I have to answer it in a very serious manner? No, no, no. Okay. It's called We Need to Talk. Okay. We need to talk right now because I saw something in the grocery store the other day. Oh, no. I just think it's ridiculous. This is not a new product. It's in the the cereal section. Uh Uh-huh. And the fine folks at General Mills who make Captain Crunch. Yeah. Release a product called Oops All Berries. Yeah, I've seen that. Do they think I'm a fucking moron to believe that somebody at the fucking Captain Crunch, <laughs> wherever they make it. The captain himself. The actually. captain himself pressed the wrong button. Yeah. And suddenly all this. So the QA goes wrong. Mm-hmm. There's all berries. Someone didn't notice this mistake. Packaged up thousands and thousands of, of boxes. And they didn't catch it until they were Some the graphic designer was like, well, guess I got to make this box. What do you say? Oops. <laughs> and they sent this all out. Captain, do you think do you think Captain. we wouldn't know? I like to call him Captain for, you know, respect. Respect. You know, he, I I don't know if he's a veteran. He might be. He might, he be might not be. That's true. He might be actively serving. Yeah, but doesn't isn't it spelled C A P apostrophe N? It is, but I have fucking respect, <laughs> Ben. Okay, so here's my here's my other question about oops all berries. And okay. just just berries in general in sure. in cereal. Is it like Skittles? What do you mean? Oh, do they have flavor? Do they have different flavors than each other? <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm thinking they don't. It's specifically in that cereal. But I haven't had it recently enough to remember. Let's the the marshmallows clearly don't. Right. The marshmallows are all like one flavored sugar coated styrofoam. Right. Which is a fine flavor. And they're even better stale. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've always you can buy just in a bag of the marshmallows. Yeah. And I want to do that. Oh, I know where you can. Hook me up with your guy. Smart shopper. <laughs> Smart shopper, you go can... to Smart Shopper. I don't I've know how seen much they that. are. Yeah. I need to do that, dude. You can buy you can probably buy oops all berries. Hey, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? I just dude, if somebody said I just ate the marshmallows from uh Lucky Charms, <laughs> that is a fucking baller move. That is baller. I respect I respect anyone who says that. Job interview, you say that, you're getting the job. You're getting the job. So General Mills, Captain, we need to talk. Don't try to deceive us ever again like that with no. Oops All Berries. Just call it fuck it all berries. It's disgusting how much they tried to, to deceive us. But are they good though? That's the question. Is it a good cereal? Do we want to eat a, a berry only variety of Captain Crunch? I personally don't even like the berries in the first place. I'm a plain Captain Crunch man. Which was I, the last time you had Captain Crunch? Honestly, I don't eat it very often because I don't eat cereal very often. Right. The problem is and I know this, I'm not the first person that says it just rips the hell out of your mouth. Yeah. You're getting, you're, you're hurting for days. It depends on the cereal. I'm saying specifically Captain Crunch. Yeah. 
is going to take you to the pain zone. Dustin, this could in the future be a very serious question, but I think we're going to do it right now because it's relevant. What is your favorite cereal? Oh, without a doubt, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, that's that was that's like part of my answer, kind of. But my real answer, and this is a cereal that's not very prevalent. Okay. I, you have to order it online at this point. I haven't seen it in stores wow. in years. Advanced move. They're called Blueberry Muffin Tops. Whoa. And they are in no way, shape, or form have actual blueberries in them. I've never heard of this cereal. Okay. So here's the way I heard about it. I was at PAX East in 2011. All right. And I've been listening to Justin McElroy for three or four years at that point on different podcasts. He was doing uh, the panel for Joystick, and he says, surprise, everyone, I brought you cereal. And he, I don't know if the, the manufacturer sent them to him or what, but we all got little individual boxes, like the little small size ones they have at hotels, okay. of blueberry muffin tops. And it was one of the highlights of my life. Wow. And I have ordered it several times since then from our good friends at Amazon. Um, but... That's now, the only time I've ever had it. I've never seen it anywhere else. When they were in research and development, they're like, let's create a product that is similar to another, another breakfast item. Muffins are great. Fuck anything but the top. Well, Just cut it off. Can't we all it agree down. on that? I personally prefer all of the muffin. Well, here's the thing. You're wrong. Okay. So now I don't really know what to say. Ben, this has gone on far too long, but I have one more thing to say. <laughs> oh, no. I, while we're thinking about... Cereal, sometimes cereal is just a miniaturized version of something. Yes. I don't like that either. And I know it's Give hypocritical. An example. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, first of all. Okay. Just call it. This tastes like toast. Crunchy goodness. Yeah. There's also the one where they made the little tiny French toasts. Oh, yeah. You know? But the most egregious of all of them is Cookie Crisp. Do you expect me to believe that this is a bunch of miniature sized cookies? In there? No. It doesn't even taste like cookies, if you ask me. It's not. Some, uh, cookie Crisp was garbage. That I'm going to go on record. The, is it in a dog? Is the, the mascot? Mm, it think, was like a thief dog. Yes. A crook. Hey, how come cereal doesn't have, like, real life um, real life mascots? Like, What do you mean? Like, real people. They're all, like, cartoons. Hey, what this if I is want to be in a, Jeb Bush O's. Eat some... I, I mean, I'm, like, not, I'm not. No, I'm, listen, I need it. I'm not talking about Wheaties, okay? Okay. Wheaties isn't real cereal. Let's just get that out of the way right now. No, no, no. Okay. Who I'm talking Wheaties? like. Nobody eats Wheaties. Why isn't there. Why is every cereal marketed to children? I am an adult man who likes to eat cereal. Show me some real people on that box or don't show me anybody. Yeah. Then I want to end with one final word about cereal and then we'll end this podcast. If you say that Kix is your favorite cereal, you probably should be put in jail yeah. immediately. And with that, this has been the Handsome Phantom Podcast, HP Podcast. We appreciate everybody. Let us know if you'd like a cereal-based podcast or just a podcast of us talking about literally nothing, because clearly we have a knack for it. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed okay, this. I think oh. there is a cereal-based podcast. Oh. I think Justin McElroy actually started it. Oh, I don't know shit. if it still exists or not. Well, if he's the only one, then there's clearly a market. Okay, there could be some it, kind of tweet it, Justin. Tell him, tell him you think that you should, he should team up with us on the Serial Podcast, mm. not Serial Podcast. Serial podcast. podcast. Oh no. Okay, this has been the Handsome Fan Podcast. I said the Handsome Fan Podcast twice. That's not the name of this show. 
sort of. It's the HP Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed hanging out with us, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. That helps out a lot. One thing that you can help us with also is that it's not free to do a podcast. It costs money to do the hosting, and it costs money to do the website and all this stuff. We're not asking for your money directly. All we're asking is that you use our Amazon affiliate link, handsomevalon.com slash Amazon. Shop like you normally would on Amazon. And it uh, it takes a little money out of Jeff Bezos' pocket. I am demanding, Dustin, Yes, that you put in the show notes a link to Blueberry Muffin Top Cereal with our Amazon affiliate link. I will send it to you, and you must put it in the show notes. Okay. That's fine. You better do it soon, because as soon as we're done recording, I'll do I'm... it right now. Okay. Fair enough. Let's do it. Um, if you didn't know already, Handsome Phantom is a cool website. There is so much stuff there from PAX last week, and there's tons of just stuff going up on a daily basis. So make sure you check out us on our website, handsomefandom.com. We'd appreciate it. Am I missing anything, Ben? I think that's it. Let's just end this train wreck right now. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.